What? What's up, nerds? <laughs> oh, this isn't a good beginning to this at all. But no, that's a weird energy you're bringing it's, here. It's, we're super depressed. It's a weird energy, but we're gonna bring some light into this world because, in light of all of the every show getting canceled in independent wrestling we are having a big ass 2k19 stream on saturday it's gonna be from about noon central standard time to whenever the fuck we get done and it's gonna be me versus blake it's the battle of the brands drafted versus drafted and the whole time we're gonna be supporting indie wrestlers we're gonna be telling people go buy shirts from warhouse horse or Danhausen. Just support indie wrestling, and that's what we're going to do this Saturday, live on twitch.tv slash alonevs. So welcome to Fight Boys, the weekly show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm depressed, the Dylan... I'm tired, Blake Tanner. And I'm quarantined, Scotty Moore. <laughs> Woo, buddy, a lot, a lot this last week, huh? Whole lot of stuff going I miss one fucking week, dude. Yeah. I miss one week and this, ha- and you do this. Wait, what? we didn't do this. This is your fault. All of you, 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 and you. Okay, I'll... I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave. So, la- last week's episode was just me and Dylan running around and licking things, and that's why we caused this whole ordeal. You're like those children at Disney World. Oh, yeah. Or the TikTokers who are apparently doing that now is the coronavirus challenge, which, that's my heel of the week. I know we don't do that about not wrestling things, but those assholes are definitely my heel of the week. But wrestling happened, and... Um, wrestling kind really of happened. Sh- wrestling happened on one show, technically. Promos happened on three other shows, and then there's no indie wrestling. It was nothing but a bunch of awkward silence on one show, and then the other show had MJF from the sidelines just being like, That was Trace! That was Trace! I counted it! Hey, uh, how dare you accuse me of, uh, of that, Shivani? She went on in this action or what, old man? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. Did you see where MJF actually did go to Disney World after last week's where he screamed, I'm going to go to Disney World for no reason? Yeah. He actually ended up going, and it led to my favorite video of all, of all time, which is uh, the boat ride from It's a Small World, and you see all the children happy, and then it cuts, and then you just see MJF staring furiously, and he goes... I want to go back. I don't want to be here anymore. I like to think that Wardlow was taking all that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that, that's kind of my experience with uh, writing on It's a Small World. It's like, oh, you got to do it for the experience. We'll, we'll start chronologically. So SmackDown happened. Um, Not much else to say there, honestly. Really, it did. Raw, The Undertaker is now halfway between The Dead Man and Biker Taker. Because he was wearing a beanie, but also was shirtless. Um, well, apparently... It, it, uh, I thought you said that The Undertaker was halfway finished with his entrance. <laughs> no, no, no. He speed, it was a speed run. Yeah. New record. <laughs> must have been, like been like some kind of NES hack. Because he cleared that shit <laughs> in 30 seconds 
walked into the ring and flipped the table yep. like a fucking child. And then AJ Styles was like, I ain't fucking going out there. I'm going to sign the title all the way out here. Gallows Anderson, you go the title? bring him the He contract. has a title now? What's his, what's his title? The phenomenal title? Is that like the Young Bucks Superkick Party Championship? Yeah, yeah. Did I, when did I say titles? Fuck, dude, you can't. After this week. The Raw moment um, with Austin was on Raw, right? Austin was on Raw because it was 316 day. Okay. Yeah, okay. He was on Raw, and it did lead to one of my favorite Byron Saxton moments ever. It literally... Oh, lo- hell yeah! It looked like a shot from the Eric Andre show. It was so fucking awkwardly filmed, and it was the only thing they did well during this whole eerily quiet show. Yeah, I think... And it was a very good use of that. Becky Lynch showing up and getting legitimately drunk was a good one. Wait, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she really... <laughs> she she took him down with Old Stone Cold. It was very nice. Yeah, it was very nice. Well, my yeah. favorite part about it is all of the memes that have come up online of people editing Twin Peaks audio over the awkwardly silent. Like they took the uh, the Bray Wyatt promo and edited Twin Peaks music over it, and it fit perfectly. It was a very very good time for me. I'd be down with that. I can't remember who tweeted it, but somebody said if for WrestleMania they decide to lean into that and put in like weird music and special effects and make it look like a movie. Mania could be fucking awesome. Probably not what they're going to do, but it could be awesome. It could almost get there. Yeah. Oh. So, I'm, I don't know, man. They have two days in Rob Gronkowski, so like... Rob Gronkowski awkwardly photoshopped into the WrestleMania sign. It was so good. <laughs> fucking... Dude, I am... Man. Like, if it wasn't for the fact there's way more, like, pressing matters in the world, like the world falling apart... Like, I would be having, like, a fucking ten-minute rant about how fucking shitty having Gronk there is. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Oh, by the way, you were talking about American Badass Taker possibly being a thing. Well, fun fact, it was gonna be, because apparently his entrance for Mania was going to involve him coming down on a motorcycle and going full American Badass against AJ, which... That would have been pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. So that's another thing coronavirus here's took the thing. out. Was the, uh... That's not my favorite version of The Undertaker. Oh, really? Like, no, no, no. Mine will always be Big Evil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you done it now. That will always be my favorite version of The Undertaker. Because there was that. That was like the the version of Kane where he had a mask, but he was still doing promos. And he was teaming with like RVD and the Hurricane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, just... Just like the early 2000s. Yeah, it was just badasses always kicking assholes' ass, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do, brother, when 10 million screaming Kaniacs come down on you? Canaanites. Kaniacs? Kaniacs? Yeah. The moment that still gets me about that clip is just how The Rock mounts it at the very same moment <laughs> that King says it. So it looks like The Rock has been 80-yard by the Jerry Lawler. <laughs> oh, God. This is better times. So, apparently there's going to be a lot of special effects, gimmicky things, yeah. whatever. They're saying that they're actually, like, filming shit now. They're saying they're filming it off-site, and they're just going to play it on the day of. Which, some matches it could work for, I guess. Yeah. I still, my my heart still goes out to fucking Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah. 
for her like debut Mania. Well, she in she was in like the Battle Royal last year, wasn't she for Mania? Nope. Oh shit. Then yeah, her debut at Mania. Not nothing's gonna happen. Like this is just. How does it feel for y'all to be in the official weirdest time in the history of pro wrestling forever? I mean, in the world as well, but also pro wrestling as a whole. Not shit has ever happened like this. The closest that it came was that one time it got a little too cold in Philadelphia, and they had to film shit at the um at the WWE headquarters. That's the closest it's gotten. But I mean, there was a horrible blizzard that did keep everybody from traveling. I think it was more than a little cold. No, I got out. <laughs> like I was in Philly that night, and I escaped. It's okay. When you escaped, they were trying to get in. Um. Oh, did you guys also hear about? Apparently, Mania was allegedly going to get moved to Madison Square Garden because WWE, because Tampa hadn't officially shut them down, couldn't, like, they had to officially try to move it to satisfy insurance concerns. And then their plan was for Orlando to be like, that's still too many people. You can't do it at the Performance Center. Then once they shut it down, they could officially move it to Madison Square Garden to a different date to satisfy all of their insurance shit. And so that's, like, the weird conspiracy theory going around on why they decided to do an empty arena, but then Orlando just called their bluff, and they went, well, fuck, okay, get Gronk, let's go. You just gotta go full Gronk. You know, I heard they were just doing a full holographic audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's going to be the the straight-up Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 audience that's in WWE 2K19 just around the whole thing. Yeah, they're just gonna get all of them. They're gonna get all of them in there, and it's just gonna be real good. Yep. <sighs> Fuck. So, um, WrestleCon got canceled, and the Marriott tried to fuck them over very hard. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, Marriott. Was that before or after last week's episode? Because it, it might have been like after. it was after. Yeah, because yep. apparently, because Tampa wasn't officially shutting them down, the Marriott was trying to still get money out of WrestleCon, and WrestleCon was like, "Hey, bud, no, no, I can't. We can't afford that. Like that's that's impossible." And so finally, after an outlashing of the entire world of independent wrestling fans, the Marriott finally relinquished and were like, okay, it's okay, it's okay, take the money, you're fine. fine. It's fine. No, you take the money. (laughs) Take the money. Anyway, uh, on to uh, the show that had wrestling on it, Uh, AEW. Actually, real quick before they do that, all of our shit's canceled too, by the way. This fucking trip we've been planning for months. Yep. And not a single show that we at Disney World's probably gonna be can like not canceled, but not opening for another uh for another month after this, and then all the other shows are canceled. So there's Dylan. Sorry, bud. It's gonna be a few. I'm still pretty. Well, no, I'm still pretty sure because Vegas closed down until the 14th of next month. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if they keep that, because like. There's a whole lot of economics behind it, but if Vegas opens back up, then everywhere else will be like, okay. If those good crazy enough. motherfuckers are open, I guess we're good. If yeah. they killed the virus, then we can. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's a thing of like, so the virus is terrible. People are dying. I'm not going to take away from that. But at a certain point, anywhere that has like an economy based on entertainment will die after like two months. So they're just like, okay, yeah. like. And there are people that are going out to the fucking pool right now in their, like, fucking community. So, those people, if they have money, are already going to be going places. Yeah, basically. Might as well make money off of them. 
Um, oh, we also didn't bring up the best part about the awkward Byron Sexton, hell yeah, which is a few seconds later when he gets in the ring and then Stone Cold just fucking nut shots him in the middle of the ring before dropping him he, with a Listen, center. he put him over in a tweet. He's like, I don't know what hurt worse, my foot or your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. He's trying to put over Byron Sachs as having brass balls, but really what, how I interpreted that was, I kicked you in the dick so hard my foot hurt. Yeah. Oh shit, that's very, very good. Um, so yeah, that's all that happened on WWE, and um, if you'd like to watch NXT, talk about NXT, uh, watch the last six months of NXT TV, because that's all it was. It was just a bunch of recap packages. Basically, someone on Twitter summed it up. They said, here's how to know the difference between WWE and AEW. On one network right now, they are airing essentially a bunch of reruns. On the other network, you have a family of individuals trying their best. So that really shows the dichotomy. You remember during the writing strike where Ellen was at least trying to put on a show? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah, exactly. Just doing everything they can. But we'll, we'll definitely get into that later. Anyway, AEW uh, rocked. It was still really great this week. It was week. so fucking choice. Like, and my favorite was the fact that WWE has been straying away from, like, don't say the fucking C word. Don't address it. Don't. AEW was straight out like, yeah, we know what the fuck's going on. We're not going to pretend the world's not on fire right now. Like, that opening promo from Cody was chilling of just, like, we need to come together right now and help each other. And the fact that it wasn't a, a, a shame. But, but at, like, at like safe social distancing. Yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite is the fact that not only it, – it was great because, yes, it was a message that we all needed to hear in these trying times. But then, but at the very last minute, he was like, and that's why Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and Matt Jackson need to get their shit together. And I was like, okay, that's good. Tie it all together, Cody. I, uh, bringing it back. Bringing I it back you, man, home. His, his, his gimmick is just being the president from Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That dude on Reddit was spot on. I won't. He's got the jacket and everything. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a moment in that opening promo where the camera pans behind Cody. And all, I like I can almost hear the cameraman thinking, like, get the fucking light in the shot. Get the light shining down in the shot. Get that Independence Day bullshit. Let's go. Today we declare our independent wrestling. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. I also do like... And then, You're just mad because you didn't think of it first. Yeah. I also, this was very smart, the fact that throughout the whole show, anytime they had to advertise something for the next show, they never said, next week on Dynamite. They just said, next episode of Dynamite, just in case. Just in case something fucks up, they're not false advertising anything. Yep, you can end up like L.A., who has now banned meetings of more than ten people. More than ten? My favorite is... My favorite is be- meetings of more than five, because I assume that a family of six just all has guns on each other. <laughs> like that scene from the uh, that scene from the office, like no you you no you no you 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 go you go. All right, Jimmy, one of us is getting arrested because we've got six people in the family. I guess P Pop's gotta go. Boy, that fucking. I mean, rule- he already has coronavirus. It's fine. That fucking rule can't take place in, like, Salt Lake City or no shit. <laughs> They're just, like, meetings of over five. What about my family of 13? You're just all gonna have to... Well, uh... that that gets rid of four of my wives. <laughs> no, no, no. 
it's like when you're at Disney World and they have to split up a family into different carts. They're just like, all right, five of you go here, five of you go onto this one. Can I get three on four? Three on four over here? Okay, do I have a family of two in the back that'd like to join them? Also, AEW still on point with the bottom third title cards. With the moment it zooms in on Brandy Rhodes, and you just see Brandy Rhodes said she would never ring announce ever again. Our opening match is... I hope Justin Roberts is okay. Oh, yeah, he's definitely good. Oh, uh, FMA in the chat does bring up the greatest fit check of all time, which was Hangman Page coming out wearing a Dixie Chicks t-shirt. It was so crisp. He was singing it on Monday on uh, Being the Elite. Oh, really? FMA did also, uh, he did also bring, or they did also bring up uh, fucking... Asuka? Asuka on commentary, which was fucking sweet. Just scream, Andrade! <laughs> Andrade! <laughs> Just screaming her head off. So, the the commentary was pretty on point for the WWE shows. I just love the fact that for the first half of SmackDown, it was just like Triple H stabbing Michael Cole in the throat repeatedly. (laughs) Or one time coming back and he's holding the camera, just like, we can need all hands on deck, Michael, we got this. It was literally Triple H going out and being like, I gotta make something out of this shit, let's go. To make chicken, like, you know what? He's out there going like, "I got X Pac over. We're fine. Let's get some chicken salad out of this chicken shit, baby." <laughs> anyway, AEW <laughs> or uh, Dynamite was choice. Uh, the opening contest was really good. Uh, we got two debuts, baby. <sighs> now, now that you've seen it in action, do you agree with me that Brody Lee is the perfect exalted one? Yeah. I didn't say, like, I just said it was going to be difficult to see, and it was, mainly because his ring gear is terrible. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's, (laughs) someone was like, he's wearing that 2003 Chikara bullshit, okay, alright. Well, on the bright side, that means that, like, in, like, two weeks it's going to be different. Yeah, I was going to say, AEW is very good about being like, what are they saying about it? Nah, they're right. Yeah, let's fix it. I do like that his robe that he came out in looked similar enough to matt's gear like matt's giant robe that he wears everywhere that it was enough to because let me put it this way AEW was straight up like we're about to tease the matt hardy thing so hard that people at home are like it has to physically be matt hardy and so and like, then there were at- ravens in his like oh yeah, his, yeah, like, yeah opening video oh yeah like, the whole time, until that hood came off, everything said, this is gonna be Matt Hardy, and then you see Brody Lee's face, and I went, oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah. And then he gave a great promo. You're not the first out-of-touch old man to not believe in me. Fuck. <laughs> that was, let me put it, that was my entire Twitter feed for a while, was just that quote, and everyone being like, oh, he means Vince, and we're like, yeah, we, we know Twitter, we get it, we understand. Between that, the sister Abigail set up into a discus lariat. Oh, oh, dude, he took that motherfucker's head off. Dude, dude, I know the next match, like one of the next matches, is gonna be like the the, the exalted one, Brody Lee versus the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. I was like, ah, I see we're retiring Christopher Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> there is not going to be any more CD after this. <laughs> oh shit! That did, okay. Just because I don't want to step on anyone's baby face of the week, can we discuss the other debut that happened? 
No. We can, but the good part. Or the part that I don't want to... Uh, that I want... Not that... I do see what part that you have. Uh, no, we'll just talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Patreon.com is something something. Well, hold on. We still got more to talk about as far as like... No, indie. we don't. We got indie shit to talk about. Mostly the fact that Scott Steiner made a full recovery and then cut a... What pro- happened to Scott Steiner? Oh, hold on. Would you like to know? Uh, everybody heard what happened last week. A lot of people came to me and said they were praying for me and gave me my best wishes, and I appreciate that. I tell you what, it happened on Friday night, and I actually do not remember walking to the ring, talking, walking back to the ring, collapsing. I do not remember Friday night. I didn't remember Saturday night, and I was waiting. So he, he has no fucking idea, and this is where it gets good. And I was sitting in the hospital bed. The doctor came up to me and said the procedure that happened to you. Normally, you only have an 8% chance of winning, of getting out of this bed, of living. I said, Doc, every time I step in the ring, I have a 141 and two-thirds chance of winning. What do you think my chances are of jumping out of this bed? So this goes to all my fans in Jasmine, Alabama. Big Papa, hot pump is your hookup. Holla if you hear me. So, I don't fucking know what happened to Scott Steiner, dude. I just know that he came back and immediately started doing Steiner math. I think... He had, like, a heart complication, right? You know, I get... Probably... It's probably an extended period of time being Scott Steiner. That's all it takes to really do something to sakes. a man. I'm um, pretty oh, sure that does just destroy... Yeah, like, it just destroys your heart. You're right. Yeah! Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, Will Ospreay with the greatest called bluff in history, because CM Punk did an interview recently where he was like, I mean, I'd come back. It, it depends on the day. It fluctuates. But given the right deal, the person has to dangle the right fish in front of me. I'd come back probably for a match against Cena or any list all these guys. And he goes, and you know, I'd probably go for a match against Will Ospreay. That would be probably fun. At which point Will Ospreay was like, Hey, I don't know if you've heard, but um, my Twitter game is on point. Uh, January 4th of next year, how about you train up and basically list an entire thing being like, me, you, Wrestle Kingdom, let's make money. And holy shit, yes. That's all I want in life right now is Will Ospreay and CM Punk. It'd just be really awkward to watch uh, Will Ospreay have to carry CM Punk to a good match. I mean, we don't know that he's still... I mean, yeah, probably. (laughs) All right, cool. Thanks. I'm glad we're both on the page of realism. I mean, Punk's been in... Look, Punk was under that mask a few years back, and he came out and he had a GTS, and that cleared all the ring rust up. That immediately cured him of ring rust. I feel like the bad dye has gotten to your brain. Oh, yeah, the purple dye? Yeah, I've, I've become great bait. Well, the final thing I do have to talk about is Bret Hart. <laughs> Bret Hart slowly becoming Matt Riddle's second. I can't wait for Matt no, Br- Riddle. No, 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 no. Bret Hart has hated on Goldberg in interviews since time, like, immemorial. Like, immemorial. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at least a decade ago, I was hearing about this. Yeah, because Bret Hart was like, he did an interview, and he was talking about Goldberg, and he was like, you might as well just be wrestling a fucking gorilla when you step into the ring against Goldberg. And I'm like, 
fair point. Says he doesn't deserve to be. Ah, uh, so Ryback. Yeah, he says he doesn't deserve to be a Hall of Famer. Goes also true. This whole thing. And then by the very end, he, the best quote is the fact that he's like, "Yeah, you know how um, oh, what's the word? Oh yeah, he ended my career." Right before that match, I looked at him and I said, we can go out there and do anything you want. We can do anything. Just don't hurt me. (laughs) And then he proceeds to end Bret Hart's entire fucking career and continue to get cheered. Actually, uh, one one more thing. One more thing. Uh, Jushin Liger went to the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. And which, like, I don't give a shit about because that is Ryback. Was it Ryback or Scott Steiner? Scott Steiner pointed out, there's no physical Hall of Fame, so who gives a fuck? This was Steiner. It was Steiner yeah. that said this. I fucking love Scott Steiner's anti-WWE. Years ago, they entered. Yeah, yeah. like, so is there a chance you get a Legends deal? He's like, I consulted the Legends deal with my lawyer, and he said the deal isn't worth the paper that it's printed on. Fuck. <laughs> Do you remember, um, it was one year, it was a few years ago, when uh, they posted pictures of uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony with a picture of Scott Steiner next to security that says, do not let this man in. Yeah, that's that's probably accurate at this point. I think he was talking shit about Hogan or something. Yeah. Good. Uh, FMA in chat, who's essentially just become our producer at this point, brings up in TNA news, Joey Ryan and RVD are now a tag team called Cancel Culture. And Joey Ryan is like, you people will never see another D-flip as long as I live. And it's all about them no longer being the horny pests they were. And Joey Ryan came out in like a red sweater in khaki pants, and it's so choice. But the weird one is the fact that apparently Sammy Callahan was like, you know what, I bet I could have made Solomon Crow work. I bet I could have made that gimmick work. So now he has brought back Solomon Crow, but he's still Sammy Callahan, but he's doing the entire hacker gimmick. And he's just fucking fucking up Ken Shamrock for some reason. I love looking at TNA news because I don't follow it actively enough to follow storylines. So every week I'll just get shit like this where I'm like, wait, what? Wait, wait, what's going on? TNA is buck wild, y'all. Oh, they get there, man. Like, the whole Impact scene is actually pretty fun to watch. Remember that one week where they were just like, yeah, Ali got murdered with a sword? And we were like, wait, what the fuck? What's going on, Impact? That was a fucking good one. Well, boys, usually this is the part of the show where I tell people to go to patreon.com slash load of BS and give us money, but... Look, this is fucking trying times right now. We can't. I'd much rather give this time to some independent professional wrestlers who need our love right now so if you were going to tampa if you had that money give it to your favorite indie wrestlers whether that be dan house and war horse effie whoever you want to make sure to support them this week because at the end of the day we still have gigs here we still have a way to make money me not so much but that's fine but they don't all their gigs are off so make sure to support them, make sure to pick up some merch, and make sure to support your local independent wrestlers, because those motherfuckers are the future. That being said, Dylan, who should we tweet this week? Um. Uh, it is, it's kind of like last week, where it's just like, it's such a, who do we need? Tweet Cole Cabana. <laughs> okay. Tweet Cole Cabana and tell him nice stiff shot on, uh, on Kip Sabian during Dynamite. 
fuck, that was the best part of Dynamite, without a doubt, because it was the most realistic, because it just seemed like it, you're at a party and you hear some guy talking shit. He's just like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, no. It was way cold, it was like, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Whack! Yeah. <laughs> you forget, I am also a professional wrestler. I am also a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, see, look, he's running away, he's a coward. Well, while we do that, let's get into our heels and faces. And during this, during this time, I feel like we have to end on baby faces each week. So, gentlemen, your heels. Uh, depression. I get real depressed <laughs> reading about everything. Uh, like all the stuff happened to the Indies. WWE is. That's just depressing to watch. Wrestle WrestleMania this year is a shadow of a joke. Yeah. Um. Like. Like. They're gonna. They're gonna make. They're gonna force it through, just like everything yeah, else. Um. Fucking just no lube, man. It's going in dry. And. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it gets worse. Uh. We don't know the next time we'll see dynamite. Impact can only has tapings out so far. NWA is canceled. Oh, that's right. NWA did get, like, they canceled all of their upcoming shows. Yep, all the way till June. Uh, so I guess just coronavirus is your heel this week. Kind of. I will I will say, end of the I'm already putting an early nomination for heel of the year to coronavirus. I mean, I mean, if the world is still here and we all have enough money to keep doing this show, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, uh, jumping off into mind, like, the world has ruined wrestling because it has spread this stupid, stupid virus through our dumb ape brains and people not washing their hands and still traveling when they shouldn't, and the government's not, like, taking the appropriate steps quickly enough to keep it contained so it doesn't spread into this epidemic. And then it ruined our wrestling. You know, they came for the bread, man. And I said nothing for I did not like bread. And they came for wrestling, and I said I th- nothing. I thought that for was I... a wrestler I wasn't familiar with. The bread man. They came for the bread man. They destroyed him. Yeah, it's 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 the Hammer Man's new persona. It's Billy Bread. <laughs> Billy Breadman Gun. I'm a bread man. Pew pew. Uh, they, he formed a tag team with the Muffin Man back in the day. Yeah, it's real cool. I love to toast him. I love to cut him. Love to squish him. I'm gonna get him. Cause I'm a bread man. Alright, so, wait, is that... Boy, this week's episode's just gonna be called, like, Grim Boys. Cause it's just us being, like... Like, you've got me with, like, in denial on this side. Like, it's okay, guys! It's only gonna be for, like, a month, right? We're all good! Meanwhile, you've got Blake, who's just like, uh, how much bourbon do I have left? Fuck, I'll try to make it. And then you just got Dylan, who's finally reached stage five acceptance on one end, is like, fuck, whatever. Oh, I am, I am like, having to ration my alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm good for right now, so I'm happy. Um, I guess that's... I mean, they, they, they declared a state of emergency in our county today where all non-essential pl- businesses were ordered to close, and I was so happy that I decided to go and get three bottles of vape juice today. Oh, you edgy boy. Um, well, my uh, my heel of the week actually does go hand in hand with my baby face. So if you guys don't mind, I will segue us into that one. My heel of the week is NXT. 
Because, you know, everyone likes to talk about NXT. That's the passion brand. That's the one where they like to work and they like to put on shows and they like to perform. And I understand at the end of the day, the wrestlers weren't the one to make the call to not do a live show. But at the end of the day, having a show that was literally like the first 30 minutes was nothing but a recap of Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, which doesn't need a fucking recap. Like that is the most storied history. Like that's straight up being like, oh, you you need the synopsis to the Titanic because it's just the fucking boat sinks. Like, you know, you know it already. You don't need a synopsis for this. So that was that, and then the rest of the show was just interviews and no matches, and there was no passion in it. There was no... And I understand, it's very easy, as we've displayed, in these trying times, to have no passion. It's very easy to feel deflated, but you can't. You gotta come together. You gotta put on a show. That's your job. Like... The day after 9-11, Vince was like, fucking SmackDown is going on as planned. I don't care. We're bringing the energy and we're bringing the joy that the people need right now. And NXT did not deliver on that. And unfortunately, that is why they are he- the heel of the week. Unlike... NXT did a... No, 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 no. Okay. NXT did a clip show. Think about that. NXT did the uh, did a full-on clip show, unlike my baby face of the week, which is AEW Dynamite, a show that didn't... Okay, at the end of the day, it did not feel like a normal show. There's no way for a show to feel like a normal show at this point. But it felt like a family coming together and trying their best, like I said earlier. Like, the most genius thing they did, in my opinion, was have, like... The, have SEU, Colt Cabana, uh, MJF, and like all of, it's the, the, all of the heels. It's the <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah, Sammy. Sammy Guevara at ringside just singing Judas. That was the best part of it because it still gave it energy, like throughout the whole show. Like, that was the. Someone on Twitter put it very succinctly. They just said, there's no one in the audience except for these few guys, but you can feel the energy. You can feel like the electricity coming from the crowd and it really added to it it was like the opening bit where kenny looked and just said we know that you guys are giving us your energy it's hard for us to feel right here but we we feel your energy we guarantee it and we're gonna put on the best possible show and they did and it was such a it was a beautiful show because every person who came out that night wanted one thing and that was to make sure the people at home were distracted from this hell we're going through and making something good of that night and it lended itself to have one of the best episodes of pro wrestling i've seen in a very fucking long time because it was nothing but a bunch of guys who were like we need to set all the politics all the bullshit aside and just make the best product we can and that's why i love aew that's why i am aew for life and that is why they are my baby face of the week and yes fma Sam- sammy guevara did make jericho corpse on stage while singing judas so uh that, that segues great into into my baby face who was one of the people making that happen which is uh was which is chuck taylor because not only did uh did did he do a bunch of great spots for uh for the match including the uh, you got to give the people what they want uh uh elbow touch got to maintain safe distance for the hook. oh yeah he yeah. also he also did like a from coming from off camera lariat on phoenix that just leveled the shit out of him it was amazing to see but uh but afterwards afterwards and this is for the best friends gave the promo about things 
Yeah, but it was like, you hit my partner in the dick. So you gotta say dick on television, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like... He he's was, getting there. He's so close. He was yes. like, you know, we don't, have a, we don't have a street fight. In an actual street. And Trent comes up, you know what, guys? Yeah. Meet us in the parking lot. <laughs> like... <laughs> How do you how do you get around not having an audience? You can have any kind of gimmick match you want. They can't be upset. They aren't even there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like at the end of the day, they could just go full crazy Matt Hardy and have three weeks of dynamite on the Hardy compound at this point. Like I was honestly expecting a uh, almost like being the elite, just with better elevated elevated like production value and shit, which I feel like we'll probably get as it moves on and stuff gets more and more limited, and that's gonna be really fun to see on TV. Oh yeah, as resources start to dwindle, and everybody, <laughs> you have SCEU just had drawing straws to figure out which one of them they're going to eat first. No, no, no. It's them in Tampa for, like, the fourth straight week, and it's Christopher Daniels in a corner just being like, I fucking hate Tampa. I hate oranges. There's oranges everywhere. Why are there so many oranges? Why are they in Tampa? Because they're in Tampa right now. I would assume they would just stay there. Okay, look down at your shirt. Look down at your shirt. Do you know what the colors of your shirt are from? They're from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, that's right, Jacksonville. Fuck. Sorry. Dylan, it's been a long week, my dude. You can't keep doing this to me. Also, it's not. It's Seattle, because I bought it in Seattle. Fuck you. Anyways, your your baby face of the week, Blake. My baby, that, thankfully we're all talking about something similar in the baby face vein. My baby face of the week was, uh, I mean, it was, in a nutshell, Matt Hardy returning with his full-on broken boy gimmick, and the very end of the last segment of AEW when uh, I care it was one of the Bucks I think was talking saying no we're not outnumbered because we have and then fucking Vanguard one just kind of falls out of the sky yeah and just oh, is no, no. hovering. Well, no, it was before Matt was even talking. It was, like, the inner circle just bragging. And you could... I don't know if Vanguard 1 was late, because Jericho was just walking around, like, doing the same shit he did after he won the title, where he's running around and screaming at people in the crowd as they're waiting. And then Jericho finally gets back to the center of the ring, and you hear... It is just the loudest buzz in existence. And then- I love how you could have you heard it through the entire thing. And I also love how like dumbfounded everyone was. It's like, what is that? What is that? What is that? I mean, it's a- when it panned out and showed it. I, I audibly screamed. When it, I went, fuck! It's a drone, y'all. Only Matt Hardy could get me to pop for a random ass drone strike. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and the uh, Vanguard One came in, and it was a fantastic moment. And then it zooms and pans over to the very edge of the arena, where it's just Matt standing alone with the fucking wild, broken smile on his face. Starts doing the delete chant. You bet I started doing the delete chant. I hit my hand on the wall. It was great. Although apparently he might be bad like he might be turning on them during blood and guts because the last free the delete that he filmed was like the whole plot of it was him trying to get the bucks to super kick 
his broken spirit out of him, and then they would resurrect together, perfectly healed. But when he resurrected, I guess, like, an evil version of it got inside of him, and he ended up, like, dark mat. So that might be, that might be what happens. But, oh, yes. Oh, I'm sure it'll get there. Oh, FMA, yes. Rebby needs to be playing the piano next week as he comes out for his first entrance. Absolutely. That was nice. Let's... It was. Can you, just, can you just do the segue? I need to. I need to go to sleep, dude. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. You know, we got to vent. We got to deal with some stuff. It's all right. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. I'm gonna go sleep because depression. All right. This is a weird energy for the show this week. Let's go to commercial. <laughs> The year was 1969. The U.S. was in a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead on the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the space marines come into play. And let me tell you something, I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine, and the man who's come to save your asses. Not really. Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? aboard and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this TV. Well, boys, we've talked WWE, we've talked AEW, and we have slogged our way through the field of depression that is reality right now. But there's one place where happiness never ends, where there's joy around every corner, and it is the JWF. So why don't we turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by Captain Tibbs. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. We are on the way to Wrestlepalooza, the biggest, definitely the biggest show of the year that's happening in Tampa. That's right, Sills. I don't know why everybody else is pulling out, but it means I get to pull in all their money. That's right, Tibbs, and let me tell you something, we've already got an exciting main event as Momoa Curry, the JWF champion, takes on his brother, the Leviathan, and it is going to be an amazing match when those two battle, Tibbs. Exactly, Sil, some would say it harkens the end of the world. That's right, but then there may be something else. I mean, let's not forget last week, the debut of the War Wizards. 
Uh, two men that we honestly thought were gone straight from JXT. They were some standouts down in JXT. We thought we'd never see them again, but they came out last week, and it seems like they have their eyes set on the JWF Tag Team Champions, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. Well, we're going to need somebody to take them on. Wild-Eyed Southern Boys have just completely destroyed our tag team division as we know it, <clears throat> which was very strong until just this year. That's right, Tibbs. And now, well, wait a minute, Tib Tibbs. That's the music of Felix Ball. I, I'm, I'm looking at our sheet. Felix Ball was not scheduled to come out. What in the world's he doing? As a matter of fact, I had banned him from the premises after what happened last week, Sills. Oh God damn it! All right. Well, let's hear what Felix has to say. Despite everything that's happened in these past few months, Captain Tibbs, well, he still refuses to give me what I want. You see, despite destroying his own son, his own flesh and blood, to a point where, hell, I'd be surprised if old Canada Charlie, because that's his real name, Tibbs, I'd be surprised if he ever returned to wrestling. And despite claiming the Captain's Championship, a title that he created, hell, Captain is in the name, and despite defeating the Hammer Man, one of his big favorites, Captain Tibbs is still treating me like I'm some kind of joke. And Tibbs, I'm not going to stand for it anymore. So I hope each and every one of you out there likes looking at this, this pretty face of mine because I refuse to leave this ring until Captain Tibbs gives me what I deserve, and that's a one-on-one -on -one shot at the JWF Championship. That's right. I'm officially boycotting the JWF. Well... Tibbs, what are you going to do? He said he's not going to leave the ring until this happens. What's going on? T Tibbs, you've got to do something. We've got a show to do. These people paid their tickets. They they fought through hell itself to get here. We can't just we can't just leave T Felix Ball in the ring like this. Oh, come on, Tibbs, come on. Surely you still got some of that testicular fortitude you used to brag about in the 90s, right? Surely you got the balls to get in this ring and give me what I want. Or how about this? Maybe I need to go in the back and do to each and every single one of your superstars exactly what I did to your son. Maybe I need to in injure your entire roster to a point where there will be no Wrestlepalooza this year. You can try to take it to the JWF Performance Center, Madison Square Garden. I don't give a damn. There will be no Wrestlepalooza this year if you don't give me what I want, Tibbs. You want it? You want it? You want the biggest show of the year to get canceled because of old Felix Ball? Huh? Shut up! Listen here, you complete... An utter pus-filled abscess of humanity. You have nothing on me anymore. You've taken away everything from me, you bastard. Is that what you wanted to hear? You took my belt. You took my son. You even took the hammer man away from me. And you know what that means? Do you know... What that means to Captain Tibbs. It means 
that you have nothing on me, Felix Ball. You have no more room for negotiation. You have no power here. You played your hand. And I refuse to put up with your bullshit anymore. Security! Security, get this son of a bitch out of my room. Oh, oh, really? Oh, that's how you want to play this, Tibbs? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought I was negotiating with the great Captain Tibbs. The man who said he settled things in this ring, but no, no, apparently you just want to give in and let your cronies do the work for you, huh? Well, you know what? I invite each and every one of those sons and bitches to come on and try to... Oh, Tibbs, unfortunately, Felix Ball has been in the ring and he has poked the bear. And that bear is coming to the ring right now. It is the JWF champion, Momoa Curran. You know something, Felix? I've had just about enough of your bullshit that I can take. And you know something, Tibbs? Might not want to give you what you want, but I will. You want a shot at the title? You want to take on the JWF champion? Then you got it. Just so I can get in that ring and kick your ass six ways to Sunday. You see, Tibbs, Tibbs might be trying to ignore you, but I've seen everything you've done to that man, my friend, and I refuse to let it continue. So tonight, whether Tibbs wants it or not, in the main event of Monday Night War, it's going to be Felix Ball versus Momoa Curry for the JWF Championship. You wanted a fight, Ball? Well, you got one, motherfucker! Um, Tibbs, are you gonna argue with him? Because I don't think I'm gonna argue with him over this. No, I'm just gonna let him do it, Sills. It's his prerogative as champion. Well, I mean, let me tell you something. I don't know if this is the smartest move for Momoa Curry coming on. I mean, he's... He has said it in the past. He is the only man who could possibly walk into Wrestlepalooza and defend that title successfully against the man known as the Leviathan. And to put his title reign in jeopardy like this, it's, it's ridiculous, Tibbs. No. It's not ridiculous. It's... Someone standing up for a friend, Sills. Well, I gotta agree with you there. And speaking of some men standing up, for what they believe in, standing up for their company. Let's talk about last week where the War Wizards, men who we never thought we'd see in this company again, came back to the JWF to defend it against the men known as the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. And let me tell you something, Tibbs. I think when these two, when these four get into a ring, it is going to be an absolutely explosive battle. Oh, Sills, of course. When you when you think about the, the War Wizards, new to our company, of course, but very decorated stars in their own right. Uh, giants of JXT, of course, uh, using their own profound magical influence with their magical thinking. I think that they can really put something against the wild-eyed southern boys that they've never seen. Essentially a bunch of D&D nerds fighting the Texas boys, and actually I, I, I really like to see that fight. That is right, Tibbs, and maybe we could see that at Wrestlepalooza, and I, uh, I, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting a message from the back right now, and it appears that 
the Leviathan, the Leviathan, the beast, the monster, Momoa Curry's brother, has sent one of his stands, sent his uh, right-hand man, if you will, the former JWF Captain's Champion, Mojo Gruff, here to respond to Momoa Curry's actions at the beginning of this show. We need to go backstage right now to hear exactly what Mojo Gruff has to say. Let's have a listen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Honeypot Mick, I'm no longer with him anymore, here in a shocking twist of events. The former leader of La Flambeau, Mojo Gruff, has returned to the JWF tonight on behalf of his master, the Leviathan. Mojo, what exactly are you doing here tonight? Oh, Honeypot, my poor, poor demon. What have they done to you? What have they done to my boy? They've massacred my boy. You are so powerful. You were such a beast. And now you're just a sad, sad man with a microphone. It's, it's sad to see, really. But to answer your question, I'm here because my master has a message from Momoa Curry. And that message is that Momoa Curry cannot run. He cannot escape the pain and torture that awaits him at Wrestlepalooza. Because you see, tonight Momoa Curry faces Felix Ball for the JWF Championship because Momoa Curry is afraid. As we inch closer and closer to the destruction of the very earth itself, Momoa Curry is realizing a truth that he's been terrified to admit ever since my master returned. Momoa Curry is realizing that at Wrestlepalooza, he is going to be embarrassed and destroyed by the Leviathan, and his body will be broken apart. You see, Momoa Curry is attempting to avoid his fate, attempting to get rid of the JWF championship. But Momoa, 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 my, my master, <laughs> he no longer needs the JWF championship. He no longer wants that championship around his waist. My master wants only one thing, revenge. And it doesn't matter if that title is around your waist or not. My master will face you at Wrestlepalooza. And he will enact such beautiful vengeance upon you that you will refuse to stand up. My master will break you apart bit by bit and he will claim his revenge. You see, your mistake, Momoa, your mistake was thinking that this was about that title around your waist. But this is no longer about gold or championships. When my master comes to Wrestlepalooza, it will be about destruction. All right, Tibbs, um... Can we cancel Wrestlepalooza? Because I'm not going to lie. I thought Moa might have had a shot, but that was the scariest shit I've heard in my entire life. Nope. <sighs> I mean, well, what if... Hold on. Here's that whole, um, the, that beer virus going around. Could we, like, make up something and say we had to cancel because of that? Like, could we, like, make it not seem like it's because of the Leviathan? Still, I don't know what they've been telling you. 
But no, I, I don't. Listen, I, we are so financially dependent on this fucking show, Sills. If we have to cancel, if we have to push it back a week, we will not come back. Okay, I just, I'm just telling you that, brother to brother, commentary to commentary, and uh, Mike was on, wasn't it? Yeah, Tibbs, the mic. That was a live mic. That was a hot mic as we. Well, um, well, Tibbs, why don't we now move on to the main event of the evening? I mean, let's be honest. He said Momoa Curry, Mojo Gruff. He said Momoa Curry did this almost like a, a hot potato, trying to get the title off of him to give it to Felix Ball. But I'll be honest, I don't see Momoa Curry ever thinking of giving Felix Ball the easy way out. No, Sills, this is. Not Momoa Curry taking the easy way out. Anybody with half a brain would see what Momoa Curry is doing, and I have been, let's just say, left in a colossal state of despair, almost borderline unable to run the company for the last few weeks. So Momoa is having to step up, and he is kind of just doing the thing that friends would do, and he's going to beat the shit out of Felix Ball. And he's going to do it on my behalf, which actually makes me very happy. And I feel loved, Sills. I feel loved. Well, that's very good to hear, Tibbs. And in the ring is that man, Momoa Curry, staring across from Felix Ball. Shibata calls for the bell. Match starting in. Oh, Tibbs! Momoa not messing around, immediately rushing for the Momoan punch. But no! The Canadian one, Felix Ball, he ducks it, grabs Momoa, and oh, a beautiful fisherman suplex into the turnbuckle. I mean, Tibbs, that was a vicious starting maneuver from Felix Ball. We might like to mock him on commentary here now again, but let's not forget Felix Ball is a legend in this business for a reason he makes sure to study his opponents before every match he knows how to how to counter every move in Momoa's arsenal and of course Sills let's not forget that Momoa and Felix Ball have known each other for as long as I have known Momoa Curry and Felix Ball which is a a very very long time two very studied opponents in the ring but this is just beginning that's right, he's got Momoa grounded in the corner and oh, just stomping a mud hole in the chest of his opponent before dragging him out. And Oh no, Felix climbing the turnbuckle is not a good place to see the densest man on the planet is oh, he lands a massive Vader bomb straight down onto the chest, goes for the pin, one, two, oh, Momoa barely kicking out at two as Felix just unceremoniously just starts tossing the champion to the outside, but uh, Tibbs, look at Felix Ball getting a two count that quick on the champ. I would say that it's a, it, it's a, just a matter of uh, Felix Ball getting that quick one over on Momoa. When you're in a battle of giant cells, let's be honest, it's going to be decided very early on. These are not going to be long, protracted matches. That's right. These are big men slapping meat. And Felix Ball looking for something big, bouncing off the ropes. And oh, my God, went for the tope gun hero to the outside from Felix Ball. Not known for his high-flying maneuvers, but Felix Ball goes for it. But wait a minute. Momoa, Momoa catches a mid-flight. And it looks like Momoa's about to send Felix on a ride of his own. But, oh, Tibbs, the back of Momoa Curry giving out, forced to drop. Felix back down, and you know that's not a good thing for our champion. I mean, Felix Ball, let's not forget, he might be small, but he is dense. Got a 600-pound frame hiding underneath that small body. 
That's very true, Sills. He can throw his weight around in amazing ways, to be honest. That's right. The problem is showing that back injury, showing your back give out just like that, as you know, something that Felix will target onto. And he begins just that by tackling Momoa into the ring apron, just sending him back first into the hardest part of the ring before tossing him back between the ropes. Things don't be, seem to be looking good for Momoa. Felix knock it, locking him in the Canadian crab. That horrible maneuver just ripping apart the back muscles, the tendons, the tissue of the champion desperately crawling for the ropes as Momoa Curry tips. Oh, this is not a good place to be in for Momoa Curry. I, I don't. I knew he was ready for a fight tonight, but I don't think he planned on being just at such a disadvantage so quickly in the match. That's right, Momoa struggling. He's within inches of making that rope break, but unfortunately it looks like he is starting to fade. The, the, the life fading away from his eyes. Momoa Curry fading away to Felix Ball's Canadian crab, but wait a minute! A last-minute wind allows Momoa to grab onto that rope, and unfortunately Felix is forced to break the hold, but Tibbs, you know Felix ain't going to be happy about that. Not at all, Sills. This is Another thing about Momoa Curry's character, when he calls upon his actual godly strength, he can perform feats that amaze any other men. That's right, but unfortunately Felix quickly takes him to the center of the ring, just dragging that limp body and locks in the camel clutch. Which, let me tell you something, the Canadian crab is powerful, but that camel clutch has the entire weight. That 600-pound frame of Felix Ball just resting on the lower back of Momoa. You can see how well he is zeroed in on that back, but... Oh, wait a minute, Tibbs. Look at Momoa Curry. Momoa Curry with the strength, getting his feet underneath him, picking up Felix, picking up Felix Ball on his back and delivers a backpack stunner, sealed in Felix in the air, Tibbs. And I think Momoa Curry's starting to feel it. Oh, he's definitely got it, Sills. He's getting that wind in him. He's getting the air. The life of the sea. That's right. Bouncing off the ropes and finally delivers that massive Momoan punch. Just decking the Canadian one in the face. But Momoa Curry is not done. He knows he's got to give a little bit more. Back it up to the corner. Signaling for the fisherman spear. It could be all over in just a few seconds as Felix makes his way back to his feet. But no! Before Momoa can nail the spear, Felix sends him into the turnbuckle. The shoulder of Momoa now injured as Felix goes for the roll-up. One, two, and oh, Momoa barely kick it out in two and a half. But unfortunately, Felix has immediately turned it back into the Canadian crab. And Tim's there in the center of the ring. There's nowhere for Momoa Curry to go. Oh, so this isn't looking good for the champ, but I, there's no way. There's just absolutely no way. Oh my God, Tibbs, it's the Dylan, The Dylan, the second-hand man to Scotty Moore. Mr. Cash in the back, rushing the ring, leveling Felix Ball with an upper dicker. Dylan quickly disposing of Felix before picking up Momoa, grabbing the broken body of the champion and delivering some total destruction to the god of the JWF. Tibbs, this is not a good place for the champion right now. No, it's not, Sills. This is, a, this is a perfect moment for Scotty Moore to cash in. That's right. Momoa's back is broken, shattered into pieces, and there it is, the music. The music of Scotty Moore, the former leader of the dynasty, coming down to the ring, going to take advantage of the Dillon's hard work. Oh, but wait a minute, Tibbs. He is smirking, congratulating Dillon, taking his time. This is the ego of Scotty Moore coming into play. 
Oh, but he's got that briefcase with him. Oh, Sills, I don't like this. This is not good. This could spell doom for everyone. Uh-huh. Let's not forget last week, Scotty Moore said that Dylan would be the key to walking into Wrestlepalooza with the title. And it seems to be paying off this week, handing Dylan the briefcase. But, oh, my God. The Dylan. The Dylan just clocked Scotty over the skull with that briefcase. What in the world is the Dylan thinking? I don't know, Sills. He just took it out of his hands and smashed him over the head with it. I... This is the Dylan. This is someone who's been so close to Scotty Moore that even he's even edged out Blake Tanner as his best friend. He, they've edged him out of the dynasty more than anything. And Tibbs, it's like an entirely new animal in this ring. We're looking at the Dylan's entire body language has changed, screaming down at Scotty Moore. Let me tell you something. The Dylan seemed a little bit different ever since joining the dynasty, but this is the Dylan we've seen in the past. This is the multiple-time captain's champion, JWF champion. And now he's picked up Mr. Cash in the bag, and oh my God, just delivers a massive upper dicker to Scotty Moore. Tibbs, Scotty has been broken, Momoa Curry is in pieces, and the Dylan is standing tall. What in the hell is going on? This is not how I expected my day to go at all, Sylves. Well, Tibbs, it looks like Scotty Moore. Scotty Moore may have made the wrong decision back at expiration date. He said it was either Blake Tanner or the Dylan, and he chose the Dylan. But I'm sure he is not regretting that decision right now, Tibbs. Absolutely, Sills. You gotta wonder, was this the Dylan's game from the start? Was this what he'd been planning all along? Or was this just the moment? Was this an opportunity that the Dylan saw to finally take his place? above Scotty Moore and to show who's really the top dog in the dynasty. Well, I'm sure we'll find out all about that next week. In addition to that, we will also hear more about the War Wizards and their amazing debut. We will hear more from Momoa Curry after this vicious assault, this vicious main event. It is going to be an absolutely not-missed episode of JWF Monday Night War, and we will see you next time on JWF Monday Night War. So, boys, it's been one hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? Uh, I learned that the difference between an empty arena and a bad show and an empty arena and a good show is the passion of people inside the ring. And the eight people on the outside. Yeah, and if or the eight people, eight people on the outside is very important because their reactions help a and lot. And if MJF is betting on the matches at ringside, uh, I learned that I'm very tired, and I learned that I hope this shit is over soon because we need the world back. We need the world back. We need some sort of normalcy. But if you want to pretend there's some normalcy in the world, come hang out with me and Blake this Saturday on twitch.tv slash load of BS. We're going to be hanging out playing WWE 2K19 all day. It's me versus Blake to see who could book the best wrestling show. And the whole time we're going to be helping out independent wrestlers, showing different links for different places where you can either buy merch for them or donate for them. It's going to mean the world for you guys to come out and help us support independent wrestling this Saturday on twitch.tv slash a load of BS at 12 Central Standard Time. Until then, though, Blake, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube. 
And you can find me here on the BS Network doing the thing that Scotty just said we're going to be doing this weekend. And on all the fine podcasts like this one, Fight Boys, like a load of BS, like Deviants, the audio drama that is released weekly. Bi-weekly, bi-weekly, don't put that shit on me, don't put that shit on me! Bi-weekly, bi-furious. <laughs> you can find me in my bed after this, uh, staring into the middle distance. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy all of my books on Amazon, and you can check out all those shows that Blake mentioned on Twitter at a load of www. Fuck! And you can find all of those shows, Blake... And, and you, you can, can find, find all, all the- those shows that Blake just mentioned on www.aloadofpurebs.com. God, I can't talk today. He got it. Well, when you've heard it 80 times. <laughs> Alright, Blake, do you have something to say about another man who needs some support? As long as we're done talking about everything else. Special thanks to Megaran for our theme song, Fighters Like... Every other entertainer, especially the ones we've mentioned uh, in this episode, Mega Ran is hurting. If you want to go support Mega Ran, go buy his music. Just go listen to some of his stuff, and if the spirit so moves, you support him in any way you can. Because he's a he's a friend of the show, and we want to see him happy just as much as we want to be happy again. Jesus Christ. And remember, to support Warhorse, to support David Starr, Matthew Justice, all your favorite independent wrestlers, give them your cash. And as always, you can find us at loadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Colt Cabana, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life. 